0: Dot FM or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. Wanna thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churnin and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive through over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, Robbie. Brupolo is in Mineral Springs.
2: That would be really weird. No, Mineral Springs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could see a coffee shop in Mineral Springs, mm-hmm. but all I can think about is just water.
0: I mean, I get it. You know?
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know if I don't know if a brupolo really works there.
0: I know. We'll never know because there, there probably won't be one. But if you are in Mineral Springs and you want some strange brew coffee, it's just a click away. Just go to StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com dot com. Order it for delivery right to your door. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your front counter, they got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise you are looking for. They've got an incredible selection of polos, t-shirts, hats, everything you need to come to the game with. But they've also got a lot of great selection of stuff to wear around the house. They got great stuff for around the house, for your house, for your car, for your tailgate. They've got it all there at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's best restaurant in town. The food there, fantastic. Yeah, we don't talk enough about the service there, though. Those people, they're, they're great. You know, they they especially for lunch. You know, lunch is such a busy time. I have never gone to Restaurant Tyler and had to wait. You know, you, you get in there, you place your order, your food is out. And if you're in a rush, but you want something delicious, you just can't beat it. It's the best blue plate. Never mind. Never mind. In Starkville. It, it's one of the best blue plates in Mississippi. I'll put it up against anybody. You need to check it out next time you're here. Have lunch at Starkville's best restaurant, restaurant, Tyler. Priority One Bank. 16 locations throughout central Mississippi to serve you. There might be one near Mineral Springs, if we're, if we're being honest. And... If, you, if you're in central Mississippi and you're looking for a new bank and you want to have that great relationship with a local bank, you should check out Priority One Bank. We always talk about shop local and eat local, banking local, very important as well. So find the nearest branch at PriorityOneBank.com and start an account there. You'll want to download their free app. It's one of the best banking apps available. You can do a lot more than just move your money around. Anything you can do at a Priority One Bank branch, you can do on the Priority One Bank app. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Later in the show, we're going to start our ra- – it's a wraparound. We're going to start a wraparound of the uh, the SEC. We got the Alabama Crimson Tide up first. We talked to Travis Ryer of Bama Online, uh, their 24-7 site. That's later in the show. But we'll start with baseball. The series starts tonight, Mississippi State and South Carolina. On paper, Robbie, this is a this is not a good matchup for the Bulldogs. Uh, not that anybody would be at this particular time, but South Carolina are the hottest teams in the country. They're twenty three and two, and they are one of the top hitting teams in the country. They lead, I think, believe they lead the conference, if not the country, in home runs uh, this season. And then you have Mississippi State trying to figure things out as we sit here two o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. They have not announced the starting rotation yet. We gave you our thoughts on that. Uh, you saw Aaron Nixon pitch on uh on Tuesday night in the win over Samford. So it leads you to believe that he should be back in the full swing of things this, this weekend, which might free up Nate dome to be back in the starting rotation. But all in all, Robbie, this is a massive series for Mississippi state to get any kind of momentum and get any kind of hope that they can salvage a season started. But this is a really bad matchup for the Bulldogs on paper.
2: Yeah, not a great massive matchup. And, you're playing at a place now where the ball seems to kind of fly out of there at Diddy Noble, especially yeah. you know when it starts to warm up. Just a little tick, and um, during the day, especially, it, it really is kind of a a, a place where the ball really fly, flies out of there. And this is not a good lineup for Mississippi State pitching. And you know, the, it's, it's one of the one of the deals. You know, State's walked a lot of guys, but when they have thrown strikes they're getting a bunch of strikeouts but they're also giving up some pretty hard hit balls so if states throwing strikes this week it kind of scares you a little bit um, and if they're not throwing strikes and it really scares you because you're making you you're allowing an opportunity there for a missed pitch to turn it into a three-run home run instead of a solo home run it, states just going to have to battle back on the offensive side, I think. I I think it really boils down to can Mississippi State keep up offensively and can the the pitching at least limit South Carolina? You know, if you give up two or three home runs in a game, it's fine if they're solo home runs. Are you getting outs routinely? Are you not giving away bases? That's how you keep yourself in the ballgame, and the offense has to be on top of its game as well. It's just not a great matchup, like you said, but State's got to find a way. I mean, you're at the stage now where – you're starting to count down the days for this being, um, you know, uh, an overhaul for Mississippi State from a coaching standpoint. If you're not able to win games, if, if they're stacking uh, sweeps on top of each other here, I mean, there's, there's, you have no other choice. So for Chris Simonis and company, I mean, they, they have to win this weekend.
0: It really is something when you consider that, that we're talking about Mississippi State baseball, you know, not two years <clears> removed <throat> from a national championship. Has, having lost 17 straight uh, SEC games. You know, never mind winning the series, Robbie. Do you, do you see that streak coming to an end? Do you think State can at least get a game out of the series?
2: I think they can win a game. I, I think that this team is capable of winning a game against a lot of teams in the SEC. It's just right now they're kind of in their own head. they, they you, you saw them on, on Tuesday night. I mean, the, the defensive miscues, that they had, you know, you, you walk a guy and then you give up a two-run homer. I mean, those kind of things have got to stop for Mississippi State. They've got to get out of their own way. Right right now, the, the only thing that's really holding this team back from being competitive is themselves. I, I don't believe that this team is that bad that they should be getting run-ruled by Kentucky and Vanderbilt and getting swept like that. I don't believe that. I, I will not ever believe that. The, this team has the talent – to be competitive mm-hmm. and they just, they continuously step on their own toes. They, they've got to end that. And when you do that, then you can start repairing things and you can start getting back to where you want to be. But right now it's one of those remains to be seen kind of things. Um, it, you know, it's, it's one of those, where, you know, we're just going to wait and see until, until further notice, we're going to believe that Mississippi state's going to get swept this weekend and if they show us something differently, then we can change our opinions on Sunday night.
0: If you listen to the post-game uh, press conference with the players on on Tuesday, Aaron Nixon was asked about some things and he talked about Scott Foxhall and was very vocal in his defense of him. Of course, it, Scott Foxhall has become the, the biggest target uh, of, of frustration in this, in this season. That felt very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it felt like... Aaron Nixon's aware of the noise outside of the the locker room surrounding Scott Foxhall. That felt very, very intentional that he would defend Foxhall like that.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you ex- you don't expect the players to come out and say, "Yeah, you know, we're sick of our coach." We got
0: a real problem if that happens. Yeah,
2: you know, we we think our coach is a re- real piece of crap. To, to tell you the truth, we, we would like for. Coach Lamonis to get rid of him. First first Scott Foxhall needs to go and then Chris Lamonis, too. Like, do you expect players to say that? I mean, come on. No. They're gonna they're gonna defend their coach. Um, that's a guy that's been in the trenches with them, and they should. I mean, he he has been an integral part of their experience in Mississippi State. i I would expect nothing less than for them to defend him. Um, so I mean that that wasn't really a big surprise to me.
0: No, not 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 at all. But I, I did find, as I was listening to it, I was like, "Man, yeah, people would like probably ask Aaron Nixon some tough questions right this <laughs> second because because he's defending Scott Foxhall." again. When he, when he, well, I should have sure. followed up. I should have followed up. My bad. My bad, guys.
2: Ask some wow. tough questions. I know, right? Boundless.
0: Another pitcher that has sort of made a reappearance is Casey Hunt. I really do feel like State has a, like two or three pieces in the bullpen that they can rely on. You know, I think Evan Seary has been good at, for the most part this year. Nixon has been good for the most part this year. You know, he had that rough first outing last week where he beaned three guys. Well, beans not the right, plunked three guys. Um
2: Yeah, but we knew like that was kind of like it, a rust a mostly thing.
0: rust, yeah. And then now Casey Hunt, since he's made that that comeback, he's been really solid in the bullpen. I asked Lamonis about that last night, and he feels like, yeah, that's he's finally found that role. Although I will say, like, I, I always I'm afraid with Casey Hunt where he has like three or four good outings in a row and somebody goes maybe we should give him another start and see what happens I I don't yeah. want
2: to see that no it's funny you know Aaron Nixon is still not giving up a run yeah he's only giving up one hit so I mean the, but four the,
0: four hit batters in three and a third
2: so in three in three walks yeah so I mean he, he's got to get his control but that's kind of everybody but yeah I mean Casey has been KC did not have a good outing against. Vandy, he pitched two and two thirds, walked three guys, gave up four runs, gave up four earned runs. He gave up five total
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and two hits. With KC, it's always been about control. It's always been about kind of honing in on the zone and attacking because he doesn't give up a ton of hits. This is a guy that since the Arizona State series, when he gave up five hits in an inning in the third, right? Um, he's only given up five hits over the course of 6 games. So, I mean, I thought he looked outstanding against Sanford and uh against Kentucky, I thought he was really good until you felt like you probably left him in too long, which
0: one hitter too long, yeah.
2: You know, I I didn't I didn't disagree with that decision to send him back out there. You're mm-hmm. trying to steal innings and save Nate Dome. I was I wasn't just Completely upset with that, especially the way he ended the inning prior when he got the big strikeout, left a runner on base. Mm-hmm. So far, for the most part, since that Arizona State series, he's been good. You've seen a lot of good things from him. And um, you know, the Vanderbilt series notwithstanding, and he's he's had some good moments. Um and I, I hate to keep like just coming around to like, you know, if they could just do this and they can do that, they can really turn it around. Like I hate to keep doing that because I just don't know how much longer we can say that, you know? Right. I think at some point you have to say this is what this team is.
0: I I totally agree. But
2: I do think that there's something to that. I do think that there's enough talent in this pitching staff that you really could turn this thing around. It's just going to take a lot of guys changing a lot of things with how they work on the mound because right now – This team has walked 161 guys in 226 innings. I mean, that's just unfathomable. Like, that's – and again, like, you look at it and you have 277 strikeouts. Like, how is this team striking out so many people yet also walking so many batters? It it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is a team that, you know – for, the, for a lot a lot of their losses this year have been self-inflicted. I mean a lot of them walks, wild pitches, hit batsmen and errors. that's been the story of this season. that's why this team is so particularly frustrating. It'd be one thing if they you know they just couldn't hit like you know they just the, the batters just aren't you know they, they, they don't beat themselves they just can't find a way to win. this team beats itself mm-hmm. a lot. So that's that's what makes this team particularly frustrating to watch is is the way they play baseball. Um, you know, and, and, and as far as Tuesday night's game goes, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything, but at the same time, every little bit of confidence is, is going to help, you know, and, and what Lamona said, like, you just get to have a night where you can smile and you can just, you know, enjoy being in the locker room and there's something to that. So, you know, what, what are they going to do this weekend? I don't think they're going to take the series by any stretch, but can they get a game? Yes. I think they can get a game. And get get themselves maybe going, you know, in a little bit of, a, of the right direction. They go to Alabama next week. Alabama is not an unbeatable ba- baseball team. And then you play Ole Miss, who's in the same boat as you right this second. They have a big series this week with Texas A and The loser of that series is in real, real, real trouble uh, as far as you know the way this season is going to play out. So we'll see how it goes. First pitch uh, tonight. I know the weather is supposed to be bad on Friday. Uh, they have Mississippi State. Has not made obviously any kind of uh, decisions regarding regarding you know possible cancellations or delays or or you know could move the game up earlier in the day the way they did uh, last week. We'll, we'll let you know uh, if anything happens there. All right, let's move on into our SEC spring previews. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef it is what's for dinner. Look, if you are uh, looking to cook out this weekend, let me tell you, it's going to be a decent weekend for it. Make sure you've got some beef on the grill, some steaks, some burgers, always a classic. But hey, don't be afraid to try some new stuff, man. You know, try a tri-tip, try a picanha. Uh, You know, maybe there's a great video today from our good friend, my good friends. I say my good friends. I just buy stuff from them. They don't know me. But the guys at Meat Church, they did uh, fajitas. I I love doing fajitas and tacos and stuff on the grill with skirt steak or flank steak. That stuff, it's always at the grocery store. It's not, it's inexpensive. Give it a try. You know, you can make great meals every time on the grill when you've got beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council, Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked Southern soul food. I hit, I hit, a, I hit a knob there, and I was like, "What was that noise?" It threw me off. It threw me off Careful. there, Lobby. It's off my game. Uh, anyway, I'm never over. They're never off their game at Two Brothers. Every time you go there, you get that consistency of experience that you want. You know, I I used to be in the restaurant business, and it's like. And The pizza might not taste the same. The the food might not taste the exact same every time, but at least you know when you go in there that the service is going to be good and that the food is going to be good, and that's really all you can ask for, and you get it every single time that you're at Two Brothers. I've never walked in and had a bad meal, walked out saying, I wish I hadn't come here. It's never happened, and I don't think that it ever will. That's the kind of uh, restaurant they are. Great people, great, great place to hang out in Starville. Well, if you're coming to Starville this weekend, I know you're already going, but make sure. Two Brothers is on your list. Great products and great services is what every business likes to promise you, but Advantage Business Systems, they like to deliver it to you. And they have been for over uh, 48 years. Robbie, how long is 48 years? It's pretty long. I mean, can you imagine? Imagine anything? I can't. I can't. I can't imagine lie.
2: being that old.
0: Hey, that's a that's a long time now. 47, not that old. 48? he's uh anyway that's
2: pretty old that's like crossing crossing the threshold there
0: uh, yeah yeah at that point you know never know anyway somebody's gonna be really mad at me by the way
2: uh is that your wife's age
0: no no she's 47 no okay but uh anyway when you need technology you call advantage business systems and then if you need uh service on that technology that you bought from them guess what you just call them back, and, and you're not talking to somebody in a call center across the ocean. You're not talking to an out-of-state consultant that they'll make an appointment and they can get there, I don't know, a week to 10 days. No, you talk to somebody here in the state of Mississippi, the people you already have a relationship with. That's the difference, and that's what you want when you call Advantage Business Systems. 601-362-9192, or you visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Rogue and their collegiate collection. If you haven't checked it out yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. They have the best collection of polos and quarter zips that I've seen. Great name brands, quality products, and the logos that you, the fan. And when I say that for for state fans, I I mean it for Ole Miss fans, too. I know a lot of Ole Miss fans are not, like, they're not a big fan of the, the, the big, you know, cursive Ole Miss. They've got different logos for the Rebels as well. So if you're an Ole Miss fan and you're listening, you know, check them out at the Rogue. I mean, you should know about the Rogue. You're an Ole Miss fan. I'm just, I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. You know. So, check them out in the shop in Jackson, or you can ch- shop online at the uh, rogue.com. Don't live the three stripe life, or I guess in the, in the Ole Miss case, the swoop life. You you have to shop at the Rogue. Is that what they would call it, the swoop life? I don't know.
2: The swoop life, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, there's um, a lot of things that you could call yeah. what they do. <laughs>
0: This weekend, if you're coming to Starkville and you're looking for a new experience, check out Luva Wine Bar at 509 University Drive. An incredible wine list, hand curated by one of the top sommeliers in the South. Craft cocktails and great food, charcuterie, flatbreads. It's really great stuff. And if you haven't been there yet, you're missing out on one of the more unique experiences in Starkville. Right across from Bluto's Greek Tavern, 509 University Drive. Find out what Starkville is one of their best kept secrets at Luva Wine Bar. Earlier today I talked to Travis Ryer. He covers the Alabama Crimson Tide for uh twenty four seven for BamaOnline.com. Wanted to get his thoughts on Alabama and t- which is a team, Robbie, quite honestly, for the first time in a long time, I got a lot of questions about. So let's see if he what the answers are. Here's my interview with Travis Ryer as we begin our spring wraparound of the SEC. So we'll start our wraparound of the SEC uh, spring practices with Alabama. We're just going alphabetically. I don't want anything to go to anybody's head. I don't want, you know, wondering why Alabama's first. I just went alphabetically. I don't want to hear from any uh, any Georgia fans wondering why we uh, we didn't go with them first. Alabama, to me, I got Travis Ryer. I'm sorry, I uh, didn't do the introduction. Travis Ryer from Bama Online. Uh, that's our 24-7 site. He's been covering the tie for, for a long, long time. Travis, when I look at this Alabama team, You know, I'm looking ahead to media days and I'm thinking for the first time since I've been going there, I don't think I'm going to vote Alabama first in the West this year. I think I'm going to vote LSU first. I just feel like there's a lot of questions surrounding this Alabama team, more than there's been in recent years. Just looking at the spring, what are the questions they need to answer coming into the spring?
1: Well, Brian, I think you're going to have company in that regard. I would be surprised if LSU isn't the preseason pick of the assembled media at 2023 SEC media days, but yeah, I mean, when you start at the quarterback position, if you wanted to just look at LSU situation with Jaden Daniels coming back in Alabama in the market for a new starter post Bryce Young, then absolutely, uh, that's a that's as good a place to start as any. And you know, a couple of guys, unlike some of the previous quarterbacks that we've seen step into that role, like Bryce Young, like Mac Jones, uh, maybe not the credentials going into it for either Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson, although as recruits, both were hotly uh, recruited and coveted and all those things, uh, but we just don't know much about either guy. Now, we do know that Jalen Milrow made a start in 2022 with Bryce out due to the shoulder injury. Uh, Jalen was in there against Texas A&M. It was uneven at best. He did throw three touchdown passes in that game. He did turn the ball over multiple times. So a bit hit and miss, uh, fair to say, in that start. Uh, Ty has got a lot of potential. Uh, He was a five-star recruit coming out of the state of Tennessee. So uh, I think he actually has the benefit of not being as exposed as much to this point to the fan base. It's almost like, well, Jalen didn't play well or didn't play consistently well against A&M. So we've already seen that guy get us to Ty Simpson. I think it's a legit competition ongoing right now. But, yeah, I mean, across the board, offensive line, they've got a couple of vacancies to – still there uh, they need a true number one to step up at wide receiver didn't really have that a year ago uh, Jameer Gibbs moves on the NFL uh, they've got talent at the running back position but defensively really right through the middle of that defense both safeties you're starting nickelback uh, and Brian Branch who might be a first round pick you got a couple of inside linebackers that have moved on some defensive linemen so yeah I think you can pick a spot for this team just about Brian and Feel like you got some things to to figure out.
0: Well, let's go back to the quarterback battle because obviously that's what you know is probably going to make the biggest determination for what Alabama is this season. Two really different style of quarterbacks and a new offensive coordinator with Tommy Reese. Who fits better into what Reese wants to do offensively? And what happens to the loser of this battle? Are you looking at the transfer portal, or will they stick it out?
1: You know, I think there's two camps to that. I think uh, there's some familiarity with Ty Simpson maybe based on his recruitment a couple of years ago uh, with Tommy Reese. But, you know, as much as I hear from Alabama fans that, oh, Reese is going to come in, this is going to be a run-heavier approach with Reese – I would think that would work well for for really either of these guys, maybe even more so Jalen Milrow. I mean, if you want to dial this thing back to 2015 and ask Jalen Milrow to be Jake Coker, I think he can do that. Uh, If you want to go 2016 and what you had in Jalen Hurts as a true freshman uh, is a run option in that offense uh, that year, I think Jalen Milrow can very much do that. I think Ty can do a lot of those things too. So I don't really buy into this narrative that, Reese's arrival uh, fits one guy uh, better than the other I think ultimately the reality is yes uh, Reese's is going to bring some things from a run game perspective that this offense can certainly use or at least revisit from previous years in the Nick Saban era and at the same time there's still going to be throws and uh, a presence as a passer that's going to be Uh, non-negotiable for the the leading candidate, for the winner of this job. So I still think that's what it's going to come down to. I don't think this is going to be single-wing football. You know, this is still going to be 11 and 12 personnel and ultimately the guy who can take care of the football while also allowing Reese to access more of the playbook than the other guy is going to win the job.
0: You mentioned something a second ago. You know, Alabama a season ago they had playmakers, but they didn't have superstar playmakers the way they've had in the past, especially at that receiver position. You know, no Calvin Ridley, no Amari Cooper, no no, no Devonte Smith, anything like that. Just solid guys, but nobody that you just had to circle and say, "Don't let him beat you." Is there a guy like that for Alabama this year? And if not, you know, who who is going to have to step up and be that that number one receiver?
1: Well, they bring back a couple of guys and Jermaine Burton and Jacory Brooks that really both finished the 2022 season on high notes. I thought they were at their best uh, individually and collectively there uh, at the end of the season. So you're thinking there's going to be some carryover with both those guys, but there's some excitement about Malik Benson, number one college, junior college recruit for the 2023 cycle uh, coming in uh, from Hutchinson community college out there in the Jayhawk conference. So, He has those attributes of a legitimate number one receiver. In other words, you can put him on the outside and he can make defenses pay in some ways that maybe we've seen some previous Alabama receivers here uh, do that. So, yeah, I would say Benson, uh, but you've got some young receivers. You know, you invested some serious reps than some true freshmen last year. So Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentice, uh, Kendrick Law, some of those guys that you anticipate coming on as well.
0: One of the big stories of Alabama's offseason, especially here in the state of Mississippi because of where he ended up is Pete Golding uh, after a long run at Alabama, now at Ole Miss. Just what what were the – I can't get ever get a straight answer. It really does depend who you ask, I guess. But your thoughts on Pete Golding leaving Alabama for Ole Miss?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it was time, and, and that's not a knock on Pete. I just think, you know, uh, you just haven't seen many guys – Uh, stay in that spot for more than five or six years. Probably, what, Kirby? And that's about it. I mean, it's pretty much been interchangeable, and I think Pete was outstanding as a recruiter. I think that makes a a lot of sense for Ole Miss because some of his work certainly happened right there in the state of Mississippi on the recruiting trail. I think somewhere in the middle with Pete. you know, I think there's people who feel like uh, he was unjustly criticized uh, more than once during his time at Alabama. There's some people that Feel like uh, you know he was just not a good good fit in that role. I I think Pete was fine, Um, you know, and I think you know as much as anything, the concerns you had about last year was that was a veteran defense and it didn't live up to it. Really, I mean, when you think about the biggest moments of the 2022 season, you know, they just didn't get the job done in the fourth quarter of games against uh, LSU and in Tennessee, and unfortunately, fair or not. Uh, that's how you're kind of remembered and penalties were such a big issue that was a big surprise I think and probably even for Pete because I I know that you know in individual periods and fundamentally those things were being taught and uh, kind of emphasized uh, as the season wore on but you know it wasn't just young players guys like Will Anderson had penalty issues throughout the season and so how much do you lay at that of that do you lay at the feet of Pete Golding I, I tend to say the players have to take some accountability and some ownership in that too especially again when we're talking about veteran guys like Alabama had on that side of the ball last year
0: so with this year's defense Kevin Steele now in Tuscaloosa a veteran defensive coordinator got a lot of, of you know like you said some some newer faces but there's some guys who have been back too. what do you expect from this unit in 2023
1: yeah, it's going to be interesting because you got some legitimate com- uh, competition at a number of spots, and you obviously have some building blocks—a Mississippi guy in Jaheim Otis, who has lost a hundred pounds in a year uh, since making his way to Tuscaloosa. I need to talk uh, to him. Jeez, yeah, yeah. We—I I, don't—I I obviously don't go to the same gym or nutritionist <laughs> that Jaheim goes to. Um, I'm with you on that one, Brian. Um, yeah. He—he is—he uh, has got a chance in year two. To get Alabama back to more of what it received from DeRon Payne and Quinnen Williams and guys that you see, you know, now at this point in their pro careers, inking those big extensions and all those guaranteed dollars, so you know he has that chance. I think to be that kind of player, and they need that because for the last couple of three years they really haven't had it. So uh, he could be that war daddy type right there in the middle of the defensive line. Uh, they've got some experienced guys up front. Uh, they've went to the transfer portal for some some guys at the linebacker position, Trez Marshall coming in from Georgia. And Justin Jefferson, another junior college product, this one from the Mississippi ranks, uh, they like a lot as a as a mid-year enrollee who has a chance off the ball probably more so than in the middle to really impact things. But, you know, returning guys like Deontay Lawson, Dallas Turner on the outside, Chris Braswell on the outside, uh, there's a good mix there in that front seven. And then you get to the secondary. And again, I talked about safety and the nickelback position. Uh, you got a lot to replace there. Malachi Moore is a guy that has played a lot of football, both at more so at nickel and some at the dime and also a little bit at safety. So he's a building block there at the safety and sub package roles. And then you Kuwait know, McKinstry back at that one corner is a big help. And you know, maybe Terry and Arnold is ready to reassume that starting job that he lost to Eli Ricks there down the stretch. Of the 2022 season but you know they've got 26 or so early enrollees so uh it's not just competition for two deep spots uh with a lot of these guys these guys have a chance uh with an emphasis on defense too uh to be able to really impact things
0: so you're the first interview in this series we're going to do all uh the uh, other th- the other 13 teams in the conference i'm going to ask this question of everybody we do an interview with if i come back to you in november how did this team do?
1: Well, first of all, you can only go up from here. So, that's a good starting point. <laughs> no, I got to get to Miss uh,
0: at some point. That'll be fun. Oh,
1: down. oh far down. I got you. Okay. Um gosh, when we revisit this team in November, um I think it will have beaten LSU. Uh but I also won't be surprised if it drops a game in a in September. Something it never does under nick saban maybe it drops a game even at home to texas um Mm. uh, in that second week you know that's that's going to be a a critical matchup there um i don't think texas is going to go to tuscaloosa feeling overwhelmed especially after losing by just a point again to a more veteran and quarterback driven team a year ago in austin so i i guess the point is i i won't be surprised by much um I, I think by the time november rolls around alabama will be playing its best football unlike 2022 when it, it seemed like as the season wore on there were signs earlier in that season that kind of uh, gave you reason for pause when thinking big picture but you know i think once they get this quarterback thing sorted out and then um you know get into some other areas as well uh they got a chance to be you know kind of that team we've we've grown to expect to see in november but uh, you know like 2015 with the old Miss loss, right in Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. there could be that kind of hiccup early in the season.
0: Please don't ever mention that game again I I, <laughs> I, do, I nearly gave up on organized religion after that game. I'll just be honest with you so
1: uh well, I don't think you did so
0: <laughs> Travis Ryer from 247 uh, com. thank you so much for joining me here. That's great stuff and uh, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you
1: again soon. Thanks Brian.
0: All right, thanks to uh, Travis. Appreciate that. So starting next week, we'll have a couple of interviews each week. We'll do uh, Arkansas and Auburn next week, and we'll get through the other 13 teams in the SEC uh, as the spring goes by here. Robbie, I started off the interview by saying what I've said on this podcast a couple times. When we get to to Nashville, I, I don't think I'm going to vote Alabama as the, the top team in the West, which will be the first time I haven't done it. Uh, in, in, I guess this is my 10th year of going to media days. Do you have the same questions about this team that I do?
2: Yeah, I mean, th- the biggest question to me is the quarterback position, just because anytime and I, in fairness, I had some of the same questions when Bryce Young took over, and it seems like you know he almost every time something like this happens, they have somebody that pops in there that really takes care of business. But I just I didn't see enough from is it Milroy? That's the Milrow. Milrow, yeah, I didn't see enough from him last year that gives me confidence that he's going to be able to do what Bryce Young did, mm-hmm. and I'm still of the opinion that if he was the quarterback instead of Bryce Young last year, that's a team that wins nine or ten games. Like, and I that sounds harsh for an Alabama team, but well, break, down, have, break down break no, down all they they of They only those won games.
0: ten games as it was. Did they only win ten? Yeah, they were ten and two. Well, they were eleven and two with the bowl. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well. I, Okay, so eight or nine games. Yeah. I mean, you think about the games that they played where they really kind of struggled. Without Bryce Young, you don't beat Texas. Without Bryce Young, you probably don't beat Ole Miss. Without Bryce Young, you don't beat – who was another team that was close? Uh, They lost to LSU. Texas. And – I mentioned Texas
0: oh, Texas uh Texas well Texas A and m is the game that Milro Texas, started Texas that
2: yeah that would that wouldn't, that wouldn't that, count
0: that well I mean that game was super close because Milro turned it over three times he, I mean Bryce young doesn't make those turnovers
2: so, so just, yeah. just taking those two games I mean that's a nine win team if you count the bowl game that's a, that's a eight win team in the regular season. That is complete failure for Alabama yeah. if you don't have Bryce Young last year. And I don't and think th- that Milwaukee is going to be the Texas. quarterback.
0: I, I think it's going to end up being Ty Simpson. I just feel like
2: it, with, Yeah, it could be. It with could what be. Tommy
0: Reese likes to do offensively, which is a little less QB run and a little bit more play action. And, and I think that Reese, I think Simpson's going to fit that role a little bit better. The other thing that concerns me about Alabama, Robbie, is and, and you know, and Travis talked about this like last year they just didn't have a superstar skill player. You know this is Alabama, right? Devonte Smith and Najee Harris and Jerry Judy and Damian Anderson and and Derek Henry and teach. I mean, you see where I'm going with all this receivers. Calvin Ridley and Amari. Koo, they didn't have anybody like that last year. The the biggest star was Bryce Young, and he just did his job of getting the ball to everyone.
2: But to me, what that says is just how insane the talent has been for Alabama. Yeah. And that they've been able to kind of sustain the success that they've had throughout the process is what's so amazing to me because you're going to have years where even if you're recruiting at the top five level, you're not going to have that kind of wide receiver room. I mean that that's a once in a lifetime wide receiver room that they had. Yeah, with Smith and Waddle and all those guys. I mean Judy
0: and Ruggs. I mean that yeah, that's, that's they had four. four, four
2: they had four wide receivers that are top two, top three on their roster in the NFL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't – you don't do that. Nobody right. does that. that That's an NFL wide receiver room that you have. Those are guys that are playing at a very high level in the NFL. And then you had Najee Harris and you had Damian uh, Harris and guys like that in the backfield.
0: I said Anderson, yeah, Damian Harris, you're right.
2: You just don't get that very often. So the, the guys that they have are very good. Mm-hmm. But they weren't on the same level, and when you have years like that, you have people that are more, that are as talented uh, in the SEC at Georgia, and I mean even Texas had had some players that could compete with them that that gave them a run. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of teams out there LSU that can beat you if you don't have that kind of talent out there. I just think the that the playing field is leveled a little bit with Alabama. They're no longer the unbeatable force yeah. they are for Mississippi State. <laughs> but they're no longer the unbeatable force nationally that they were.
0: Yeah, I agree um, with that.
2: And I, I think that's that's come with the changes, the innovation of offense, the innovation of, um, you know, the transfer portal and the NIL. I think that's just it's made them more more human, um, and and has made them more beatable. And that that's that's kind of my biggest question marks for them are you know can they get back to the level that they have been, I don't I don't think they're ever going to get back to that level. I think they're always going to be a an elite team. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're ever going to get back to...
0: That unbeatable...
2: Beating everybody by by 28 points. I, just, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think the college landscape is made like that anymore.
0: I think their big breakout star defensively this year is going to be a Mississippian. I think it's going to be Jaheim Otis, who yeah. you heard Travis talk about him there. has lost 100 pounds since he came to Alabama. Has just become an absolute you know, monster. And I, yeah. I feel like he's just going to be – I think he's that next great top ten pick defensive lineman uh, for Alabama. I think he's going to have a big year.
2: Well, you, you, you've you taken an elite talent there and you've now made him kind of a machine. Yeah. You've, you've turned him into um, a guy that's no longer out of shape, no longer, you know, raw. I mean, he's turned into um, a – an NFL guy just the course of a couple of years. And we've seen what they've done at the defensive line spot over the years. You know, we're kind of seeing the ingenuity that they have with their nutrition and their strength and conditioning and stuff. You know, they're, they're kind of on a different level when it comes to that stuff that, you know, they're very analytical. They're very, um, they're, they're very modern in how they handle all that stuff. And they've been able to to figure out what to do with guys like Jaheim Otis I'm not sure everybody could do that with him. I think he probably made the best decision he could possibly make by going to Alabama. And over the course of two years, I mean, give him a ton of credit. He's put in the work, losing a hundred pounds, man. That that's not easy. It's not easy to do. You can't just you know start drinking water and, and shed a hundred pounds and turn into the kind of player that that he's turned into. So yeah, I I agree. I, I think that could be their breakout star. I mean, you're talking about a guy that was already really talented. Now he's going to be able to move um, how he wants to move. I mean, he, he's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, no question about that. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. Well, I mean, I say that, but I, I am looking forward to seeing his progress because that's a kid we've been we've been hearing about him, you know, since he was ninth grade down there in uh, in Columbia. Just just a such a great prospect through the years. So. We'll see how that works out. We'll see what happens with Alabama next week. We'll do Arkansas and Auburn, and we'll get all uh, of the other thirteen teams around the SEC uh, as we get across this this spring practice uh, preview. Looking forward to doing those. All right, uh, tomorrow's show uh, we will future Brian will be with us. He'll, he'll recap what happens at Duty Noble between Mississippi State and South Carolina. We'll talk a little bit more spring football, and of course, tomorrow set your set your clocks our WrestleMania preview as re- Robbie and I get ready for the granddaddy of them all, the biggest professional wrestling weekend of the year. If you don't like that, guess what? You don't have to listen to it. It'll be okay. We, we will, as always. Again, continue.
2: we will warn of you. So, Do not get triggered. Do not get upset.
0: I hate the wrestling. Yes, it's going to be okay.
2: Guys, I hate y'all been... talk about that wrestling. I know.
0: Why don't y'all talk about NASCAR or something? Anyway, we we'll Would be you back.
2: rather us talk Mississippi State baseball?
0: That's a good point. All right. So we're back tomorrow. Have a great Thursday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydn. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi.